Welcome to episode 11 from MOSIF's APIs over IPAs podcast network. I'm Lawrence Ebringer, your host today, and the chief marketing officer of MOSIF, the API observability platform. Joining me is Jeannie Heirish, the lead API architect and manager at SAS, a 22,000 person business analytics company. Before that, she was an 18-year veteran at IBM and was the technical development manager for IBM's API Connect Micro Gateway. Jeannie, welcome to our humble podcast network. Where in the world do we find you? Thank you. So I'm located in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, I work at SAS and... Um, well, actually, I work at home right now with, <laughs> with my family. <laughs> right, but as we but, will do. Yeah, um, I'm located in North Carolina and uh, love it here. You got the Great. mountains on the beach. You can't go wrong. <laughs> Excellent. Great. Well, kicking things off, um, why don't you share with us your path through the last 18 years at IBM with their API Gateway product and then to bring us up to steam with you currently running uh, all APIs at SAS. So I'm <laughs> going to try to cover 18 years pretty quick. <laughs> um, I've been really, really fortunate to have a lot of different opportunities uh, um, with, within my career, um, both at IBM and at SAS. I started out as an engineer working on the mainframe TCP IP stack, and I worked. I got to work in support and performance and development there. And then I, I got my big first opportunity for technical leadership across divisions uh, to build an SDK that people were going to use to build software and um, software, virtual and hardware appliances. Unfortunately, that project actually ended up getting um, canned because of business priority reasons in the summer of 2012, which was a, a pretty big bummer uh, because it was my big first leadership opportunity. Uh, but the first, the, all the people that were working on it uh, were invited to come work on the data power appliances, which were doing pretty well. Um, and there were a bunch of different technology areas that needed engineering help. The, the CTO of Data Power at the time was actually my mentor when I had been an intern, which is kind of serendipitous. And I, I went, immediately went to him and said, my project's been canceled, I'm coming to your area, what should I work on? And he said, you know, I think you should work on this API management thing. And I had no idea what that was, I had no clue. Um, but he handed me this, this book called APIs as a strategy guide um, that was an O'Reilly book. And I read it overnight, couldn't put it down. And I, that's how I got into APIs and API management. Over the next couple, couple of years, I, I did work as an engineer on the monitoring component of the API management solution for, um, for IBM. And then I ended up becoming a software development manager for the team that produced the Data Power REST APIs. Um, several of the cloud integration teams as, at IBM and then eventually uh, the IP, IBM API Connect Micro Gateway. Um, Weirdly, one of the reasons that I, I left IBM and, and started looking at jobs outside of IBM was I was actually really getting sick of APIs <laughs> and I was, was API'd out and I was ready to start looking at something else. Um, and I had big plans. I was going to become a security expert and totally rebrand myself. Um, but somehow I ended up back at SAS at working on APIs again, um, but it was different and it was okay because this has been a, a much, much different experience than um, than I had at IBM. I've had to learn and grow and um, you know, 
embrace more of the API lifecycle than just on the technical side, um, learning a lot of things that I hadn't learned earlier in my career. So it's been very interesting. Uh, like my career is really focused around networking, which is exciting, but always, always seems to kind of gravitate back towards APIs. And this, is, this has been really exciting to actually get to you know, be at the ground, the ground floor of a program the way that I've gotten to be at SAS. Right, right. Well, that's um, a ton of experience in the API landscape. And I, I know that um, O'Reilly book well that uh, started you on that journey. Um, so that's, that's very exciting. Uh, you've built what sounds like a significant number of API programs, both at IBM and at SAS. What in your estimate are the key steps in building an API program in an existing enterprise software company that obviously by definition is not API first. So, so to be clear at IBM, I wasn't really the, the puppeteer, the string pooler. I was, I was more, a, you know, a piece of the puzzle working as a software development manager, but I took that opportunity to learn as much as possible about the rest of the life cycle. And I, I'm really grateful for that experience. If I had just gone into trying to lead a program about APIs without having that technical experience that I would not have been successful, I don't think. Uh, when I came to SAS in this role back in 2017, uh, there were actually some good elements of a, an API program present. Um, they, they did have a center of excellence, which was excellent. Um, they had standards and guidelines and some common patterns. They were all written down and established and they've been talked through. They had an internal API catalog, which was great. They were using Swagger version two, which was the, the choice back in 2017. Uh, they had schema validation and style rules automated at the time. Um, and they were, they were doing API reviews each release, which all of these things were really, really awesome. But when I got there, um, and, and I, you know, they were awesome. And I thought that I was gonna have my, cut, my work cut out for me because they had already solved it all. But what we found or what I found is I, I started teasing things out is that we had really only focused on the technical aspects of a program and not really on the business aspects as well. And some of the things weren't working or weren't going to scale or weren't going to work with CICD, which was really the, at, at the time I joined SAS, we really weren't doing CICD in mass and, and we were starting the process towards transforming the company towards that and doing reviews each release um, from a centralized team wasn't going to work. We needed to start thinking about how we would decentralize. Um, so, you know, once I kind of understood that we were more at the beginning of starting a program than I had thought we were, I was, I was definitely scared because I had <laughs> never run an API program or like any program of this size before. Um, and I had really had thought that this job as an architect was going to be more, you know, working on architecture and working on um, you know, writing platform support code for all these things. Uh, it, it just ended up that those were things that maybe were in the best shape uh, and it wasn't the priority at the time. We needed to start thinking about how to get alignment from the rest of the business and look at gaps in the life cycle and fill them. Um, and, you know, I was asking myself, like, how do I, how do I do this, right? Uh, I, I, not having experience, how do I turn a big ship? I'd never done this before. Um, 
And, you know, I'm still pretty new to the company. I've been at the company for a a little over a year when I took this role and I needed to build up some credibility because who was I to come in and tell people that thought that they were all on the right track, that there were things that needed to change. So that that was a little bit of it too, is just kind of building up, you know, I I didn't want to be the person coming in from the outside and saying everything's terrible because no, things were terrible, but there were definitely things if we were going to make this a successful program that needed to be looked at for sure. So I did try to solve this and have been solving this for the last three years. Um, You know, I, I really believe in APIs and I believe in APIs as a business foundation and you know having that background at IBM and API economy really inspires me to make this happen and I I really believe that it can Um, so I think that there's opportunity there Um, and you know SAS has such rich analytics capabilities that I really thought that we I know that we can differentiate with our APIs Um, it did feel slow at first because uh, you know the big thing was I needed to start building understanding where we really were with the APIs as a program and where we needed to go and that we needed to get leadership not just within the engineering division but that also in other areas like documentation and product management and um, you know support we we needed to get this quorum of people across the entire company that understood the business value and how to move forward uh, i was very very fortunate to have some believers in other divisions that helped me uh, establish leadership there and start building bridges for the across that life cycle uh, there were definitely some people that got what we were trying to do from an api program perspective very early and um, the big thing was we started getting that those people those key roles uh, set up so that they, you know, could help me help me make this happen because there was no way I was going to be able to do it all by myself. Um, we add, you know, the first thing we added was a developer advocate because we needed somebody to be able to help evangelize things both internally and externally around APIs. Uh, we added a project manager, um, and we now have, who's actually now more of a program manager than a project manager, um, a documentation lead, and with that we sort of formed this what we call our API first core team. And as a you know these this cross division leadership team is responsible for, you know, providing the strategy and direction and enablement that is needed across all of SAS to make essentially make APIs happen there. Um, There are two things that I did want to mention that have given us the biggest leaps forward. Um, First of all, as an overall company, um, we have had a a turn towards a more outside-in perspective with regards to technology and moving to be really product-led um, and championing, championing design-first development, not just API design-first, but design-first development. And the fact that the company was going in that direction anyways with design-first really aligned very hard with where we needed to go with APIs. Our API-first initiative is totally built on the idea that the developer user experience of interacting with an API is worthy of design thinking and of sweating the personas that's go- that are going to use them. And the developers are going to be first-class users of our software who de- also deserve a- an excellent experience. Um, the second game changer was the support that we've gotten from the SaaS design team. So they didn't hesitate at all at the challenge of taking their user experience design knowledge and helping figure out how we translate uh, you know, user 
user experience um, to API design workshops with product teams and stakeholders. So that was a big deal when we started doing API, API design workshops and started getting you know, people across the life cycle to start thinking about you know, what people are really going to care about in terms of APIs. Um, we could not have made the progress that we've made in the last three years without getting that alignment across all the disciplines. Um, and it also just sponsorship from our leadership and, you know, having, you know, our CTO talk about APIs being important in meetings and stuff. Just, it's been pretty amazing, the, the journey that we've been on. Um, it's, it's been really great. <laughs> great, great. Well, that, <clears throat> thank you for uh, covering the key elements of what a an existing enterprise software company has to go through to, uh, as you said, slowly turn the, the large ship to attack a new and uh, burgeoning market. Um, drilling down a little bit into best practices for architecting APIs across different engineering teams, um, what standards have you found are um, the best ones to follow? So our, our ultimate goal is that through the design first methodology, uh, teams will be architect, architecting and documenting their APIs to meet standards as well as performance and security expectations from the beginning. Uh, we aren't all the way there yet, but there are definitely teams further along down this journey and we're very optimistic and now feel supported in influencing teams to follow our standards as a best practice. We do have a documented set of searchable standards and things like, you know, how to do versioning and how to, you know, you know what uh, response codes are acceptable, HTTP status codes are acceptable and, you know, common design patterns and those are searchable. There are guidelines and recommendations and there are patterns for how to do different kinds of interactions. Um, and we also have a single repository that houses all of our API docs that are now, they're still Swagger version two. We are in the process of moving towards Open API three. Uh, we have a decree set forth to, for people to um, adopt a Open API three by the end of the year. Um, and that forms the basis of our API catalog for easily, easy grepping. And, um, but like I mentioned earlier, it's almost, it can be too a lot of information for people to be able to parse these standards themselves and, and interpret them. Um, and because of that, we, we actually wanted to do some more proactive work to help give guidelines for our developers to be able to follow these standards from the start. Um, so we've, we've created something that we call the API first workflow, which is essentially a, a Jenkins pipeline that takes our open API documentation that's housed in our developers re repositories and any supporting markdown that they've written to help you know, guide developers as they're using the API documentation. And it gives the development teams guardrails to make sure their APIs are meeting governance expectations, things like that refs resolve properly, or they, we have a ton of spectral rules that we have to enforce style guidelines, um, style and you know, writing guidelines, things like we, our summaries don't have periods at the end of them. And that helps us be more consistent across our API docs. Uh, we have mock servers set up that they're automatically stood up based on our open API docs as part of this workflow. And, um, you know, 
it's been successful. We're still early in adoption and we're sort of marrying the open API conversion, the open API three modernization to um, adopting this workflow. But so far the feedback that we've gotten from the people who have adopted it has been really good. And we're continuously taking feedback and learning and trying to make it easier for developers to stand up their APIs to meet expectations quite more quickly. Wow, wow, that's fantastic. You certainly built a plethora of um, supporting infrastructure and of documentation to architect your API interfaces. And you've uh, sort of uh, usurped my next question, which is, uh, <laughs> what do you think about how important is Open API 3.0? Um, but you've uh, certainly covered that. So why don't we move on to um, the next section uh, talking about internal and external APIs. So we didn't um, cover it initially, but um, your program at SAS has been very successful. You've exposed more than 50 API services to the developer community. Um, so share with us the process for a product manager to release their internal API as an external product. So the big thing is if if we have an existing internal API that a product manager does want to put out into the world, um, their responsibility is to come up with a business reason for that to happen. Uh, that's because moving forward, what we really want to have happen is for APIs to be architected from the beginning and designed from the beginning to be externalized. That hasn't always been the case with all of our services in the past. So we do have to take a pretty good eye towards, is this API appropriate for the audience that they're looking to target? Or did, does it need a, a layer of abstraction on it for it to be usable for the audience that they're they're targeting? And we'll, so the sort of the authority around that is the product manager gets to make the ultimate decision in whether or not it gets a release. And they could override us, but... I have a, an overall product manager that I work with on the business side now. And, and between she and I, we, we look at the API, we talk it through, we talk to the product manager to really understand what that use case is. We talk about the risks um, because if you are releasing an internal API and it's not something that you think is going to be long-term, you have to think about when's the end of life going to be? Are you thinking that there are ever going to be breaking changes to this API? We, we kind of advise them on the risk. And in some cases, they accept those risks and then they publish the API anyways for external use. Um, but in other cases, there have been cases where people are like, oh, well, now that I understand this, we really want to build another API that's the one that needs to be externalized. And we do have criteria for externalizing APIs that um, we kind of call our minimal acceptance criteria. Um, so our minimal acceptance criteria for the APIs is they have to meet our SAS API standards and guidelines um, around you know that and meet basic industry expect expectations around consistency and reusability across the product that they serve. They need to have fully written documentation, um, and they, that documentation needs to be accurate, and it needs to meet uh, consumer needs and expectations. Uh, we want them to contract test the documentation to make sure that the, the functionality of the API meets what's actually documented. 
we want them to basically pledge to not make breaking changes unless there's some you know dire reason to do that in the future you know obviously you know a terrible security issue or something you know that needs to be addressed but we want these things to have longevity and we really really are thoughtful and mindful about trying not to introduce breaking changes and advising our product management teams that like this matters to people that are using the APIs we can't break these out from underneath them because people get very upset and write snarky things on Twitter about your company if you do that so we're we're very mindful of that uh, if we do have to deprecate or remove something uh, we are very thoughtful about deprecations and um, you know announcements and that kind of cycling around that we need them to meet uh, our we have a product security office we need them to meet all of the product security office expectations um, they need to meet any performance expectations that are set out for the product uh, and it needs to you know have it have a real use case it can't just be like I wrote this cool API so and I want to put it out there and somebody might use it or nobody might use it like there there has to be a real business reason for putting it out there. And then the last thing is like a little more esoteric, but it's, we wanna make sure that there's a feedback loop between the owning product management team, internal consumers and customer facing teams so that we are continuously getting input about the API because if the API is not working, then maybe we need to build something else. But that, that feedback loop between all the teams and getting, you know, getting, getting so the product managers really understand how people want to use the APIs or are using the APIs. That, that's really the way that we know that we're best serving the community that's going to be using these. Right, right. It, it's very important to understand what your customer is and isn't using your API for and whether um, it's being successfully deployed or not. That's um, a little bit self-serving because I work for an analytics company and that's what we do. But uh, I totally uh, appreciate and understand that issue. And it's funny you brought up about one of the um, criteria for externalizing an internal API. In a prior podcast with Mike Amundsen, he said one of the most important issues you should consider when creating a new external API is um, making sure that it is it follows all of the compliance and security issues that you would want for an external facing service from your company. And the best way of ensuring that is when you first build your internal API to make it external, or at least to have the mindset that one day this may well be an externally facing service. So- Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, like the big thing about that is that, you know, we have a bunch of APIs that already exist and there are going to be cases where, you know, we have customers that have an immediate need for them. And I, I totally get that from a business standpoint, but our goal really is to start designing these to meet these expectations from the beginning and, you know, producing things that can be externalized, even if somebody might not want to from the first. Right, right. So you, at least you have the capability built into the API from day zero in case you do you do want to um, deploy it externally. Digging a little bit into um, what you said earlier about the business case, um, in your experience, who needs to champion an API to get it uh, developed or externally released? Does it have to have a uh, sales and marketing buy-in? Do they need to have a 
business case that's ironclad or is a champion in product management enough? So for for externalizing internal APIs, you need a product manager or you need somebody to fill the product owner role, somebody that's going to take ownership of the API from a uh, business perspective and be accountable for it from a business perspective and make sure that it meets all those life cycle expectations from a business perspective. Um, there definitely, like I said, needs to be a clear business need. And, you know, we have had engineering teams come forward with APIs that they've written that they want to externalize. We just need to make sure that um, all the check marks are not just around like, you know, making meeting standards and stuff, but also around, you know, it, is the support teams trained to be able to support this API once it's out? Has it been tested? Has it, you know, been, you know, do we have good documentation for it? Like all of those things matter. So we really need to have the rigor of some sort of product management or somebody in the product product management role to take, you know, be accountable for that. Right. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So, um, in terms of value creation, making money or losing money from your API, um, how do you get the decision makers in larger organizations to understand the value potential for APIs um, where they could either make money or they could lose money depending upon if it's done right? So this, this has definitely been an uphill battle, um, not battle, that battle's the wrong word. It's been uphill for a while because like anything in business, focusing on something that's brand new to that business um, that has, you know, just has potential and hasn't been proven yet, especially in a 40 plus year old company, um, that's naturally going to compete with the other business priorities. And, and many of those other priorities that we've had over time, those were already making real money and we're just theorizing, right? And until it's real, we're theorizing that APIs are going to make money. Uh, the tide is definitely turning though. Um, we've gotten a lot of use cases from our field. Uh, we've been connecting uh, with leaders in the field who are ask, asking for high value, easy to use APIs. Um, we connect those people that are coming to us and telling us we have they have use cases for SaaS APIs with the decision makers and product management and you know our executive leadership who actually get to prioritize the work and hire people to create these things. Um, and we present our vision and we've been very persistent, um, hopefully not annoying, but <laughs> we're pretty persistent in, in you know, trying to champion the, the fact that there are a lot of people that are making money off their APIs. And I think that there's a real opportunity within our business to do that as well. I do think that we are definitely making a difference. And I just wanted to share like the very cool story that happened just last week, actually. Um, one of the coolest things that has happened in my career was, uh, you know, our CT, our new, we have a brand new CT, CTO at our company. And they, he asked our API first program team to come demo our, our vision of our new reboot. So we're working on a reboot of our developer.sas.com uh, developer portal, which is also very exciting. Um, and he wanted to do an overview of, of where we wanted to go with providing APIs as a service. And he surprised us by kicking the, the meeting off with his own research. And he brought a couple industry articles to share with his executive team around uh, companies that were API first and companies that were very successful being API first. And it was really, really cool to hear him talking about APIs as something that people would pay for. And to know that we've got that top-down support 
to you know move forward with this program. And in addition to that, I'm I'm gonna have the opportunity to hire a bunch of new people soon. So be on the lookout on LinkedIn for that. <laughs> well, we well maybe we could put a link a link in the uh, transcript from the podcast to your uh, open recs. Uh, we can definitely that, do that. <laughs> oh, good. That would rock. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's great that you have. Um, the support from the top down from the new CTO to uh, grow and expand your API program. So wrapping up, um, share with us your best practices for establishing and growing an API program in an existing enterprise software company. So I think there are three different areas that you need to focus on. So the first area is the technical side. Um, getting that design standard down and documented is essential. Getting getting the rules of the game down are essential. And I was very lucky that we had that center of excellence originally that had really thought this through. Um, I inherited a standard. I don't love everything about the standard. Um, there are things that I can't change because then it would you know, make everything inconsistent. Um, but I love that there is a standard and that there are guidelines to follow. That makes a huge difference to the people that need to consume the APIs. And it really, really matters to them. Um, being cognizant that standards are going to have to evolve. That's that's the second thing, because um, I'm already seeing, you know, reasons why I might have to develop a second standard uh, just for low code, no code APIs or APIs as a service. Our standard that we have today is really focused on our, our microservices REST APIs. And I'm, I'm seeing that some of those patterns aren't really going to work for some of these other um, areas that we want to move into in the future. So just knowing that you know, there are things about the standards that I can't change for the microservices or will get inconsistent, but there, those things might not make sense for these other kinds of APIs. And that, that's okay. That's okay to move forward and it's okay to evolve. Uh, and then the third thing on the technical side, um, give guardrails and tools to the makers, the, the people that are providing the APIs and make it as easy as possible for them to follow style, standard and guidelines. Um, I have a very small team. I wish I could do more and give them more tools, but we are very focused on that. And I, I know it's hard, you know, the developers and engineers, they have all these things that they need to worry about in terms of quality as they're building out the APIs. The easier that you can make that for people, the better they're going to do it at adhering to them. And then I just have to plug Open API because I, I, if you're not using Open API, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you will thank yourself both for um, both for doing design and for doing documentation. If you're not doing it, do it. Right. <laughs> Um, on the business side, you know, if, especially if you're at your at the if you're at the beginning of forming a program, find allies. And the thing that really started to move forward um, to started started us moving forward on APIs uh, at SAS was once we really started connecting with the other people at SAS who believed that APIs could be more than plumbing, and that they should not require a 10x developer to perform an integration. It's one thing to have the API cult, which we kind of call ourselves internally a little bit, say APIs are important, rah, rah, rah. But when other teams, especially customer facing teams started supporting us, that's when things really started to accelerate. 
And that also fits in nicely with my next one. Everything you have to do has to be aligned to some sort of business need. Um, you need to understand where you are in the overall priority and do as much as you can within the constraints that you have, even while you lobby hard to raise the priority and get the help that you need to really make the program take off. You have to be persistent. You have to keep pushing for it. If you if it's something that you believe is going to be important to the business, you just keep making the case and I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say every company is going to sort of get it or turn the tide on this, but I, I will say that um, you bring enough evidence, eventually things start to move. And then on the personal side, I just want to say, like, be patient, because I'm not patient <laughs> at all. I'm not a patient person. Um, when you find yourself at the beginning of something or just sort of walking into a situation that's not as baked as you thought it was going to be, it can be easy to walk away. And, you know, that's something I thought about early on. I was like, well, this, you know, this is going to take a lot of work. And these are things that I don't know how to do. But it, what I really found was this is an opportunity to build something amazing. And, you know, I, don't, I still don't know everything. I'm still figuring out a lot of things. But if you're in the position that I'm and where you are trying to figure out how to build a program, stick with it. Cause it's, first of all, it's a great experience. And second of all, like APIs matter, the APIs are worth it. And I, I think that you'll find that it's a rewarding experience, even if, you know, there might be some early frustrations. Um, the second thing is have a vision. If you don't have a vision, you're in trouble. Uh, even if that vision that you have seems really impossible today, or it looks like it might take a look a long time, having a vision kind of gives you a thing to work towards. So that, I think that's really important. And then the last thing is just have empathy for the people that don't see the things the, way, the same way that you do, and then try to build bridges to help them understand. And the last thing I was going to say about this, um, and I know I'm going on, uh, is just believe in the, the APIs. Um, it's not even a hyperbole to say that APIs are the foundation of our connected existence today. They, they may take on new protocols and trendy new styles and widely varied use cases over time, but there will always be a need for integration. And there's always going to be a need for machines to be able to talk to each other and for humans to be able to talk to machines. There's huge value in that ability to communicate in well-designed, seamless ways. And it's getting increasingly easier to make this business case around APIs, given the emergence of so many API-first businesses. So... If you're struggling or you're frustrated or you feel like you're not making progress, hang in there and keep at it and API the world. <laughs> it's, it's really, I, I think you will have success if you keep working on APIs. Great. Well, that is quite an endorsement for the field and uh, <laughs> where I'm all of our listeners and I'm sure are, are very happy that you didn't leave the world of API and APIs and you've remained in the cult of APIs as, as you as you said. Well, Jeannie, that was a great um, chat with you today explaining how a large existing enterprise software company has embraced the burgeoning world of APIs and how to do it and gain success and um, profitable services from employing the right procedures and programs. So thank you very much in, uh, for taking part in our podcast network today. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to come talk about this. Thank you.